Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. Hey everybody, welcome back. So Grant recently has been um, beginning a series on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we are so excited to talk about um, all of the gifts. It's definitely one of our favorite topics, but we wanted to start by talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the reason for that is he is the source. He is the key. He's the door the person that all of these gifts flow from and without talking about him honoring him and starting the whole conversation um with friendship with holy spirit there's kind of no point on teaching on the gifts so with that uh i just wanted to talk a little bit on that topic today and hopefully answer some questions that you might have and take a look at what the Word of God teaches about Holy Spirit, as well as share from some of my own uh, personal experiences. So, yeah, let's just jump right in. Um, so just to share a little bit, uh, I grew up in the Christian faith, but charismatic experiences and worldview were largely new to me. And uh, so I had a... a kind of a breakthrough time of learning about Holy Spirit my freshman year of Bible school. Um, the school that I went to was a Bible school focused on missions training. And so we had a lot of foundational classes our first year, um, just getting a, you know, overall strong foundation of the word of God and uh, Christian worldview. And even though I had already grown up in the faith, it was really exciting as a young adult to be able to think through all of that um, for myself and kind of just talk to Holy Spirit about, you know, what I believed and really step into owning my faith as an, as a young adult. So it was definitely an exciting time. So one week, there was a week devoted to Holy Spirit. And uh, I had plenty of questions. I was really hungry. I was very curious. And I also had my fair share of hesitations. And so I just kind of want to share a bit about how the Lord helped me work through those and introduced me to a deeper friendship with Holy Spirit. So um, I have a, a specific memory of when I was 16 years old, I asked the Holy Spirit for the gift of tongues in my bedroom one night. And I didn't grow up in a church where anybody spoke in tongues that I knew of. Um, I don't know if I really knew anyone personally that spoke in tongues. I just knew about it. I knew it was something I'd read about in the Bible. And it was something I was really hungry for and curious about. And so, yeah, I asked God for it. And I wasn't sure if I had received it at the time, even though that night I remember uttering some unknown phrases in prayer just by myself. Um, 
you know, part of me was like, am I making this up? Or (laughs) I'm just praying and I was whispering these phrases to God and that was that. But honestly, my expectation at the time was that had I received the gift, that it would be supernaturally occurring without my control. For example, I had a friend uh, later on uh, who shared with me, this was actually uh, really early college that I met this friend, and she said that when she was filled with the Holy Spirit, as she put it, her tongue was loosened and without any control of her body, it was like this flood just came forth. And she was speaking in an unknown tongue and weeping and that was how she had first encountered Holy Spirit or being filled with him in a deeper way. And so, you know, I, being 16 years old, didn't know anyone that spoke in tongues and had an expectation very similar to this, the story that the friend shared with me years later, where I thought that the Holy Spirit would just overtake my body. And because that wasn't happening, I thought, maybe God had not granted my request. So I really didn't actively speak in tongues for, you know, the rest of high school. Um, I had asked for it, but I had just kind of put that on a shelf, not understanding what had happened with that. Um, I was still very hungry and curious, but a little bit disappointed and confused about it as well. Um, So... I also had, you know, hesitations about the topic of Holy Spirit or the, as people put it, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because growing up, there was a strong emphasis um, in just the church settings that I was in on kind of once saved, always saved. And what I mean by that was just that there was a focus on the finished work of the cross for the believer. And even though, you know, that's a good thing, having a focus on all that Jesus has done for us with his, his death and burial and resurrection and all that we've received in him, um, I was, you know, that didn't really leave room for being open to any kind of deeper life then, uh, at least in my mind, it sounded kind of theologically suspicious, perhaps even undermining, you know, the finished work doctrines. So it was confusing for me. Um, I didn't understand how greater access could be given to a believer at some later point after they had gotten saved. Um, But the frustrating thing was as loyal as I was in my head to these doctrines or belief systems, in my heart, I knew I wasn't experiencing most of what I read was available in the Bible. And I was tired of, you know, dealing with sin or temptation, feeling unanointed to preach the gospel, and not operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And again, you know, growing up, I was not at all in a setting where these things were really talked about. But I was just hungry because... I think the Lord was stirring it up in my heart. And honestly, you know, I wanted the gifts of tongues and prophecy. I deeply desired a life of holiness. I was desperate to see the power of God 
anoint me to reach the lost, and I was hungry to experience the miraculous. I had read about these things in missionary biographies. I had seen a few, I don't know, maybe I could even describe as miracles overseas on mission trips I had gone on, you know, every summer throughout high school. Just unusual circumstances that could not have happened had God not been supernaturally intervening. So because of these encounters, because of the missionary biographies I had read, because of what I was reading about in the Bible, I knew that more was possible. I just didn't know if it was for me or if I had access. And so that was that. And I think also that I felt a sense of, you know, I considered my walk with God very ordinary. So I didn't know if these truths were accessible for me because a lot of those, you know, missionaries, for example, that I was reading about who had encountered these deeper things, they were, you know, revivalists. And I didn't know if all these things were for ordinary people like me. So it's amazing how God just met me in this place of, you know, I had all these questions and doubts, everything I've just described. It's my freshman year of college. And he specifically answered all of those things to open up the door for me to have a deeper relationship and friendship with Holy Spirit. So here's how it happened. I think the first step was exploring the topic of Holy Spirit afresh in the Bible. And so we were taking a class, we were studying these things, and you know, there's a lot that I could go over in this podcast, but for the sake of time, I think I will just share some of the highlights that really changed my thinking. So there's two incidences in the book of Acts where um, the apostles are talking with new believers and they're asking if these new believers have received the Holy Spirit and they haven't yet. So I'll read you one example from Acts 8, 14 through 17. And it says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, They sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So basically, these guys had just been born again, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. How interesting. I didn't know that such a separation was possible. It wasn't in my mind growing up, at least not from what I had been taught. Here's another example from Acts 19, verses 1 through 5. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So that's two very interesting examples from the New Testament where... 
someone is born again, but perhaps not experiencing Holy Spirit in the way that is available for believers. Now, I know that a lot of this is language, if you will. And so I want to share a very helpful quote that has helped clarify some of this for me from a book by Sam Storms that I've been reading called The Language of Heaven. And this is a great book on tongues, a little bit of a different topic, but definitely related. But in this one part on pages 46 and 47, he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in different uh, ecumenical settings, and it's very clarifying. So Sam wrote that all believers in Jesus are, as it were, submerged in the Spirit who subsequently indwells each of us permanently. This is an experience that happens to all Christians, not some, and it happens at the time of our new birth. However, as noted earlier, this does not mean that the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives is restricted to the time of our conversion. The New Testament clearly describes a multitude of post-conversion encounters with the Spirit that are transforming, empowering, and designed to equip us for ministry. As I have often said, evangelicals are right in affirming that all Christians have experienced spirit baptism at conversion. They are wrong in minimizing, sometimes even denying, the reality of subsequent additional experiences of the Spirit in the course of the Christian life. Charismatics are right in affirming the reality and importance of post-conversion encounters with the Spirit that empower, enlighten, and transform. Wow, what an amazing, clarifying, and helpful quote, Sam Storms. I love it. And so that just summarizes for me building a bridge between the way that I was raised where they said, you've received everything at salvation. That's what I was taught. But I knew I wasn't experiencing everything that I had received in Christ. So it was quite confusing for me. And I knew that there was more. Um, But I think just the some of the language differences between charismatic or evangelical settings was very confusing for me. Um, But basically, the point that Sam is saying here is, regardless of what you call it, there is more available. Even if we've already received everything at salvation, there is always more. And I think that a really helpful analogy to sum that up is, so we've received an inheritance. It's in our heavenly bank accounts. When we get saved, we're given access through Christ. But what good is it to us if we never make any withdrawals from the bank account? We could still be living like paupers, so to speak. And so I think this is really the transition that happened for me my freshman year of college when I began to study and explore these things for myself was I had already been taught everything that I had in my heavenly bank account. I had read the testimonies. I had hungered for the more, but as much as all of these doctrines and beliefs in my head were, were good and helpful, I couldn't experience them until I believed 
and asked. And I think that that's really what these examples from the book of Acts are talking about is how can we experience something that we don't know about, that we haven't learned, that we have access to. And so those examples from Acts 8 and Acts 19 were very helpful for me to see that someone could be saved but not understand that there is more and then receive the Holy Spirit. So that was a big turning point. And then there was also a passage from the book of John that I was meditating on one day, um, it, you know, during the same time frame of my life where the Holy Spirit just seemed to enlighten the word of God to me. And uh, it's John fourteen seventeen, and it says, The Spirit of truth, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I felt that there was an invitation there. I felt like the Lord was saying, you already know me. I've been with you your whole life growing up in the Christian faith. But I want to be in you. I want you to experience a deeper friendship. And so that's really what happened. There was a special night uh, where there was an invitation to go up to the altar and some of the elders and mentors in our school were there to lay hands on students that were asking for the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, this is an interdenominational school. And so some people were into it, some people weren't. But I knew I had already settled it in my heart because I had taken the time leading up to this night to just ask these questions before the Lord and he really settled it for me. I mean, I had asked him even specifically, God, is this you? If it is, I desire it. And I felt like he had answered the cry of my heart and said, yes, it is real. And not only that, but I felt like he said it was for me. It wasn't just for these super spiritual, you know, missionary biographies that I was reading these amazing Christians that I looked up to, fathers and mothers of the faith. It was for simple, ordinary Christians just like me who just wanted more of God. And he was saying, yes, this is real and it is for you. And so that night I was ready and um, I went forward and some of the ladies laid hands on me and they were praying for me to receive the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so, to be honest, I was quite nervous. I didn't know what was going to happen. Again, my expectation was that the Holy Spirit was going to take control and <laughs> fall on me in some ecstatic way and that I was going to roll on the floor or something. But that did not happen to me that night. And I think the Holy Spirit knew the way to meet me in the best way for me at that time. And when they laid hands on me, I felt this gentle presence come upon me and I recognized him I recognized the presence and I was I remember my first thought was oh I know you and it was like the same person Holy Spirit that had been with me my whole life growing up in a Christian home going on the you know mission field feeling this presence during worship feeling this presence in the church or uh, times that I was in prayer, 
that same presence, that same person came near and came upon me and I knew filled me in a new way. And I knew that he had already been in my life and the fact that I recognized him was assurance of that. I knew that I had already had access, if you will, but it was the first time that I was asking for all that was available and that I was believing by faith that he desired to give it to me. So I think that my heart was in a different place to receive. It was one of the first times that I had said, Lord, I surrender all. And, you know, I had asked him if there's anything in my life that is not pleasing to you, any, you know, open doors to darkness or any unforgiveness or anything I need to deal with. I don't want that. I want to lay that down and welcome you in. It was a total surrender. And I opened the door of my heart, already knowing I was a believer, but received this one that I had already known and he had been with me, but now he was in me. So it wasn't some ecstatic experience. (laughs) I didn't start babbling in tongues. I didn't fall on the floor. You know, nothing like that happened. But I knew that something had changed. And, um... So that was the night I I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And following that, I, a few weeks later, had a time of prayer with some of the other uh, female elders of my school where I was expressing the desire to receive the gift of tongues. Again, not knowing if I had when I was 16, when I had initially asked for it. And so... What happened differently this time was I, you know, I had this time of prayer with these two ladies and, uh, when we were done praying, uh, one lady just said, you know, just go in the prayer room and express yourself to God. And it was like, she gave me permission to go and just exercise what I had received by faith. And, you know, again, nothing ecstatic happened to me, nothing supernatural or unusual happened, but I felt freed to just know that the Holy Spirit wasn't necessarily going to control my body and that I could exercise by faith what I had received. And that in itself answered a lot of questions that I had had. And so I just went in the prayer room and spent some time in worship and, you know, some phrases came out of my heart as I was praying. And, you know, half the time I wasn't sure if I was making it up or not. Didn't necessarily feel anything different, but I just knew, you know, that that he had heard me and, and answered me, and I've been praying in tongues ever since. And I can definitely say that there has been many, many times since then that I have had very supernatural encounters, power encounters with the Holy Spirit, power encounters, praying in tongues, where it, there's a, a tidal wave of power flowing through me as I'm praying where I can't stop crying out to God through this unknown tongue and my my private prayer language. And so I have had those experiences now, but that was years after just receiving these things in simple faith and understanding what was available to me through the word of God and uh, just trusting that it was for me. Um, 
So yeah, so those are some of my experiences. And I would also note that the long-term fruit of my life began to change at that point. And I think that initially opening the door of my heart to fully surrender, to fully receive the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, to having him dwell inside of me, introduced my life to a power that was not there before. And yes, I know I had been saved already long before the baptism, but the long-term fruit of my life began to change at that point. Um, My freshman year of college, I just began to go through a lot of inner healing and deliverance and freedom in so many areas, even having been raised in a Christian home. There was areas that I had been stuck in, in my thinking and my emotions, and that God was bringing breakthrough. And I learned that all of my freedom was not some, you know, permanent, like God flipping a switch and just changing my life. Uh, It was through a relational freedom of constant, continual closeness to him. And that freedom was, was not me trying to change certain areas of my life, but trusting him and leaning into his power inside of me, his desires inside of me, his ability to lead me and keep me and his power flowing through my life. And through that, the long-term fruit of my life just made a dramatic shift. So that's the start. I want to kind of wrap things up here, but that's the beginning, you know, of how I received more in the Holy Spirit. Since then, I have been praying, prophesying, speaking in tongues, and still growing in all these areas, still growing in my understanding and my experience. But I hope that this clarifies some thoughts for you of, you know, maybe you are a born again believer hearing this, but you've been asking questions if there is more, if it's for you. And I just want to tell you uh, that It is real. It is for you, just like the Lord said to me when I asked him that. And my prayer for you is that you would know the height and the depth and the width and the length of the love of God through the person of Holy Spirit, that he would introduce you to Jesus in new ways, that he would introduce you to a deeper life that is available. And um, if you have any questions or thoughts on some of what was shared uh, feel free to just send us a message we'd love to talk to you about this and pray for you so thanks for listening and next time we'll just keep delving into these topics as well as the nine gifts of the holy spirit till next time thanks for listening thanks for listening to our podcast if you've enjoyed it please give us a rating on itunes and feel free to share with a friend Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.